Episode 15. Happy Valentine's Day. There are times when an introduction like this is absolutely unnecessary. But we needed to insert our bit of music interlude so you realize you've got the right podcast. You'll be feeling the vibe that only those lovable twits can provide. Oops, hope Mark didn't hear that. Now, here we go. Welcome all to our 15th Two Twits and Twain broadcast. We felt so inspired by your reaction to our Christmas show last year that we thought the next holiday deserves its tribute, too. Hey, I thought we agreed to let Mark do the introduction for this episode. After all, he has more life experience than we do to say nothing about all that love experience. Twit number one, shh. He might be watching from wherever he is, that is. What twit number one is trying to say in his usual, er, shall we kindly, well, clumsy way, is that it is Valentine's Day. Yes, the days of pink hearts and roses and chocolate and... Wait there, twit number two. Hold your horses or whatever you can grab. You're just yakking about the outward show, the romantic stuff. Any twit-wit can do that. We need to talk about... Real love. You mean no more chocolate? Oh, Clark, my dear friend, you have so much to learn. But those big heart-shaped boxes full of yummy chocolates that we give to someone who asks us if we want to share, and we politely say, No, of course not. Enjoy. While we secretly sneak in later to steal, I mean, borrow one or two of those delights. If only you could limit your take to one or two. Did I hear the word chocolate? Mark, how do you do that? You just appear right here in my studio. How? Darned if I know, twit number one. I'm just sort of doing my thing, as you boys so quaintly put it. And presto, here I am. Maybe the magic word today is chocolate. It just might appeal to more than my sense of hearing. Well, Mark, it's good to know you have more than something in that mouth of yours besides the vocal cords. Somehow or other, I can't help but get a slight hint that that was bordering on an insult. But since this is the month of love, I'll dismiss it. Now, that's big of you, Mark, especially consider the V in love stands for you-know-what. You mean Valentine? Hey, he ain't so dumb after all. <laughs> 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 Did you know that Valentine's Day was actually celebrated shortly after the birth of Christ? Some have it dated back to 270 A.D. Clark, with your interest in monasteries, you might have some knowledge of this history. Well, the day might have taken its name from a Christian martyr named, you guessed it, Valentine, who was martyred about 270 A.D. by the Emperor Claudius II Gothicus, that rogue. According to legend, the priest signed a letter from your Valentine to his jailer's daughter, 
Other accounts hold that it was St. Valentine of Terni, a bishop, for whom the holiday was named. Another common legend states that St. Valentine defied Mr. Gothic, the emperor's orders, and secretly married couples to spare the husbands from war. It's for this reason that this feast day is associated with love. Wow, you've got more religious education than I thought. Do you know when messages or valentines first appeared? Well, yes, of course, my dear doctor. All twits should study these inconsequential factoids and be ready to blurt them out at the appropriate moment. But, twit number one, I forgot your years. Maybe they didn't teach that in those one-room schoolhouses you went to. <clears throat> anyway, formal messages appeared in the 1500s, and commercially printed cards appeared in the 1700s, and then in the USA in the 1800s. Traditional gifts include candy and flowers, particularly red roses, a symbol of beauty and love. I like to throw in a kiss or two, boys. Well, it appears that this might very well signal the end of our podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Clark. You really had to give us all that information, didn't you? Oh, well, sorry, but it was essential reading for Twitness. No worries. Oh, that's okay, Clark. We can all use some spiritual enlightenment from time to time. Okay, okay, fellas. I thought by now one of you would have mentioned one of the most important aspects of this special time of year. Music. Well, we were about to, but we're concerned that you might take off across the cornfield with another one of your special holiday singing, uh, yodeling renditions. Just stop it. I learned my lesson. Sorry, Mark. Couldn't resist. There was one song that our group, the Fabulous Formaldehydes, sang that tugged on the heartstrings of every single female in the house. Most of the guys loved it, too. It featured our top tenor, Danny. Might just have to play it for you. Now, don't forget to listen to the backup voices. They add the depth and sex appeal that really make this a hit. Unchained Melody.
to admit that that was way better than anything you guys have done before. But isn't it a bit early in the program to get sentimental? I actually think you're right, Mark. In fact, my senses are calling for something that falls more into your bailiwick. Hey, that's a word that fits better in my vocabulary than yours. But I got it, and you are undoubtedly correct. I think a couple stories that might be construed as being slightly humorous could be in order. Oh, you think you could dig one up, as long as it hasn't been buried too long? (laughs) I'm sorry, Mark, for that buried reference. I mean, you at 188. Anyway, have at it. Well, that's one good thing about the spoken and written word. A good joke ain't a part of the aging process. Let's try this one on for size. True love is the only heart disease that is best left to run on, the only affection of the heart for which there is no help, and none desired. Mark, that was more true than it was funny. Got another one? How about this? She had a beautiful complexion when she first came, but it faded out by degrees in an unaccountable way. However, it was not lost for good. I found most of it on my shoulder afterwards. Or this, both marriage and death ought to be welcome. The one promises happiness, doubtless the other assures it. Okay, one more. If husbands could realize what large returns of profits may be gotten out of a wife by a small word of praise paid over the counter when the market is just right, they would bring matters around the way they wish them much oftener than they usually do. Arguments are unsafe with wives because they examine them but they do not examine compliments. One can pass upon a wife a compliment that is three-fourths base metal. She will not even bite it to see if it is good. All she notices is the size of it, not the quality. That was great. Did you just make that up? I did that about 148 years ago or so. Oh, please, just one more, one more. Okay, this one is specifically for Clark. Not only do I apologize to you ahead of time, but to call your attention to the fact that I also wrote this a while back, and I don't think things have changed too much. It went something like this. By the last census, it appears that every Frenchman over 16 years old and under 116 has at least one wife to whom he has not been married. 
This occasions a good deal of what we call crime, and the French call sociability. Ha ha, oh, those French. It's usually restricted to the upper classes and politicos. What a great example for us underlings. Then there are those guys who are married two or three times. Oh, sorry, twit number one, but... You should talk, twit number two, with your track record. Okay, okay, here's what let's do. Let's have a song express our emotions to our new true loves. That's through music, just like you said, twit number one. And I have just the song. My love is like a red, red rose, sung by the famous tenor Kenneth McKellar. What do you say? get everyone in a loving mood, I don't think anything will, with one exception. We'd like to utter those three magic words with our own individual voices. I'll go first. I love you, honey. I love you forever. I love you more than you'll ever know. Music for Unchained Melody today was provided by the fabulous Formaldehydes off of their first album, 50's Favorites, Volume 1. The website is www.fab42.com. That's fab, F-O-U-R, the number two, dot com. My Love is Like a Red, Red Rose was sung by the late great Scottish tenor Kenneth McKellar from his album, Kenneth McKellar, Scottish Traditional Songs.